you have your Bibles, uh, you can see the title screen here, What Does a Growing Christian Look Like? And I've titled it this because it just screams to me when I read this passage, this is what a growing Christian is supposed to look like. This is what I'm supposed to look like. I don't always look like it, but I'm supposed to look like this. And here are some things that we as Christians should, should be doing and some things that should be flowing out of us um, as a result of our growth in Christ. And so let's stand together, Philippians chapter 2, and we'll read verses 12 through 16 as we continue our study through the book of Philippians, which is just inspiring me and really encouraging me as I study. So, you know, as I'm reading through Philippians, I'm not just preparing to preach on these things. Man, I'm digging into this for my own personal life, and it's I don't know, it's just doing a lot for me. You know, they, they tell us a lot as pastors, they say, you know, you should be reading God's Word, not just to preach as pastors, not just preparing to preach, but for your own soul. Well, I think the best of both worlds is when you are preparing to preach and it's speaking to you, right? I like that. So that's where I'm at in my life on this. Okay, verse 12. Therefore, ah, before we go any further, what should you always ask when you see the word therefore? What's it there for? What's the therefore there for? Well, because Jesus humbled himself and did all of this for us, and because every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, because of all that, everything that's been said to this point in chapter 2, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue i love that word continue you know what that means don't quit don't stop don't give up in your christian life don't throw in the towel continue continue to be faithful continue to work out your your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is god who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything. Oh my gosh. Look at what it says here. I mean, it doesn't say do most things. Try as much as you can to do a bunch of things. It says do everything without grumbling and arguing. Mic drop, we can all go home. But don't leave just yet. I don't know about you, but I don't live that like I should. Are you with me? And I'm arguing and complaining with myself right now. <laughs> but the Bible says, do everything. That means everything. That means when your mama asks you to clean the toilet. That means, husbands, when your wives ask for a neck rub, and you need a neck rub. That means when it's your turn to take out the trash. You know, the Bible does say, obey your parents in the Lord. And then it says, honor them. Do you know it's possible to obey your parents without honoring them? You say, how? I'll tell you how. Here's how. Little Johnny, would you take out the trash? <laughs> 
I can't believe him making me take out the trash. And you throw it into the dumpster or into the trash can outside. Guess what you just did? You took the trash out and you did what they said and you obeyed them, but you sure didn't honor them. And you disobeyed this passage of Scripture that says do everything without arguing and complaining. So I guess what it says is that when they say take out the trash, Though, Johnny, you take out the trash. Yes, ma'am, I'd be more than happy to do so. I am your son, and I love you, mama. And I know that you work so hard, you wash my clothes. You cook food for me. You clean my dirty bottom when I was little. You have parent-teacher meetings, and you do your best. You help me with my homework. You pray for me at night. Of course, mother, dearest. Oh, it's such a joy to take out the trash from mama. That's what I read right here. Do everything without grumbling or complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Are we in a warped and crooked generation? Somebody just asked the former vice president of the United States, Joe Biden, how many genders they are. And he said three. And I went, come again? Three? I'm like, are you, what school did he go to? Somebody needs to check his eyes. Anyway, we're warped. We're crooked. As a generation, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. As you hold firmly to the word of life, then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. When we obey God's word, we're actually being part of Paul's crown and ministry. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you so much for speaking to us. And that your word has everyday application to our lives. And I pray in Christ's name. Amen. And you may be seated. So let's dive into this. So I want to give you a so far. We've, we've, we've looked at this so far as we studied Philippians. And probably this will be the last Sunday. So let's put that slide up. It's going to be the last Sunday I'll put the so far slide up because I'm running out of space. We looked at why problems happen. The answer to problems Christ first response to problems Christ glorified the answer to selfishness Christ mindedness and last week or two weeks ago we looked at the ultimate example being Christ so today what does a growing Christian look like and I want to jump into that head first here number one a growing Christian it is your and my personal responsibility to grow it is your responsibility to grow. It is my responsibility to grow. I can't blame my parents for being hypocrites. Not that they are, but I can't blame my parents and say, well, I'm not growing as a Christian because my parents are hypocrites. No, I have a responsibility to God individually as a, as a person who has a personal relationship with Christ to personally grow. Now, you say, where do you get that from? Well, look at verse 12. He goes on and he talks about his dear friends, therefore doing this as you've always obeyed. When I've been with you, when I'm not here, you're obeying Christ. And he says here, continue 
to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, some people have taken this one little passage and they say, you see, you see, Ephesians says it's not of works lest any man should boast, but it says here in Philippians that you're to work to earn your salvation. That's not what it says here. What it says is that you are to continue. Whoops. Almost did it again, Rach. Mm. How about right there? It says you are to continue in your salvation. The word work is a verb. And listen to what it means. It means work to full completion. Now let me ask you this. If you've been, if you've been saved, are you complete yet? No, I look at you and tell you not. And you can look at me and say, uh, <laughs> he got a long way to go. You see, you've got to understand this. The Bible teaches that salvation is a threefold process. Listen, I have been saved, I am being saved, and one day I will be saved. You say, what does that mean? Okay, I'm glad you asked. I have been saved. I gave my life to Christ on February 12, 1984. I was changed in a moment. I was redeemed. My spirit was changed. I'm a new person. I have the mind of Christ. I have the Holy Spirit living within me now. And the reason I know that that happened was not only did I pray a prayer and reach out to him while I was laying down in my bed one night before school, but he answered my prayer. And the next day, as I went to school, and you know the story, you know, things changed within me, and things that never bothered me immediately began to bother me. And I realized soon after that that something had taken place on the inside of me, and it was because I was changed. I was immediately transferred from being lost to being saved so I, I was saved on that day right I became a new creation in Christ that's how it happens when we get saved so I have been saved <clears throat> I am being saved the Bible says that I am being changed day by day the Bible says that we are to grow and we are to become mature. We're babes in Christ. There was a time when I first got saved, I, I needed the milk of the Word. I couldn't handle the, the protein and the heavy meat because I, I just wasn't there yet. I wasn't mature enough yet spiritually. So I began to go with the milk and the basic things of the faith. And I began to grow and I began to devour, you know, more than just milk. I got hungry. I wanted more and more and more and more. And then you grow. And in that process, I'm being changed day by day. And so as long as I'm alive on this earth, I'm being changed. As long as you're alive, you're being changed. And listen, if somebody tells you you're not what you're supposed to be, what you tell them is this, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. I'm changed. And I'm in a process of growing. He's still working on me. He's not finished with me yet. Okay? So that's the part of working out your own salvation. And then, I will be saved. So you have the past tense, the present tense, and the future tense. And we know what that means. My salvation will be complete when I get a new body. I mean a new body. One of these. Perfect body. It'll be like a body like Jesus. I could take off running. And there's a gigantic brick wall on the other side of that thing. It's a block wall, a cinder block wall, then a brick wall because there's a firewall up here to, separating this building from the other building. And when I get the new body, guess what? 
I'd take off running right there and go right through it. Now, if I tried that right now, y'all, y'all would laugh. It would be like, Pow. it would be like, uh, what is it, blocker charge, you know, that you see on, anyway. So, <clears throat> when we grow, or a growing Christian, it, it is your personal responsibility to grow. Let, let me say this also about this one. It says, continue to work out your own salvation. <clears throat> it also means like, like a miner who's working in a mine. And they're trying to get all the valuable and the possible um, goods out of that mine. Be it a coal mine, be it a, uh, you know, a mine for stones or what have you, whatever it might be. It can also mean working in a field. So a farmer works that field so as to get the greatest harvest possible. So when the Bible says to work out your own salvation, you're God's field. God's doing a work through you. And God wants you to reach your full potential. And it is your responsibility and my responsibility to grow. Look, this is our family meeting once a week. And I'm grateful for pastors who teach us. And I'm grateful for teachers. And I'm grateful for worship leaders and all of that, and we need all of that. That's all part of the body of Christ. But that's not the only meal I'm going to eat. I'm not just eating once or twice a week. I don't know about you, but I can't survive like that. I, I've, I've got to eat, man. Right? I mean, I wake up some mornings and I'm like, man, if, if, if that grease doesn't get hot before I get these eggs going here, I'm going to eat the counter. I mean, I'm just so hungry some days. And it's my personal responsibility to feed myself. It's not my responsibility to feed you all week. Yes, I do have responsibility as a pastor to feed the sheep, to love and teach. But it's your responsibility. It's my personal responsibility to grow as a Christian. I've got some pastor friends of mine, and they're really good about stuff like this, and they'll see me. I got one in particular, uh, and he's preached here before, brother. Um, um, he's a good friend of mine, just can't remember his name. Jeffrey, brother Jeffrey. He'll ask me, hey, Pastor Corey, how you doing? You know, he's always positive, like he believes this stuff or something. Hey, Pastor Corey, how you doing? What you reading this week? And I'm like, God, man, why are you asking me that? Because I ain't reading nothing. <laughs> He's asking, are you feeding yourself? Are you growing? Are you, are you, you letting God pour into you? So it's personal responsibility to grow. So work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, too, listen, sometimes we have a tendency to try to work out everybody else's salvation. When we ought to be focusing on ourselves. It's easy to point the finger at everybody else. It's easy to see everybody else's issues, deficiencies, flaws, planks in their eyes and all of that. But it's hard to see the law cabin in our own. It's hard to see and be honest about ourselves. And so the Bible says, work out your own salvation. Everybody's going to have to answer to God. So that's a growing Christian. Number two. When we grow, God works His will and purpose in us. I mean, this is just 
I'm just pulling this, mining this right out of Scripture here. It says, verse 13, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. When we grow, that's when God begins to do things through us. God begins to use you in ways that you don't understand. You don't even know it because you're just continuing. You're working out your own salvation. You're being the best witness you can be. When you sin, you own it. You get right with God. You confess to God. You confess to those maybe that you, that, that, that you wrong or what have you. But you start to grow. And when you grow, God begins to work out His will through your life and His purposes happen through you now you're fulfilling what you're here for you say well i'm not a pastor are you a father what's god's will for you as a father you want to start going there in scripture it's there are you a husband are you a mother are you a wife are you a grandparent are you a school teacher you work in an office somewhere? Do you have co-workers? God's got a purpose for you. Miss Penny Bailey, she's like, uh-oh. See, Robert slipped me some money, so I'm going to, no. No. I was in a store the other day. I don't remember which one, but it either had to be Bass Pro or Dick's Sporting Goods. Only... Only places I go around here. If we had an academy, all, I would never go to those. I'd just go to academy. But anyway, I was in one of those stores. And I saw someone with one of those, what is it, live purple? What does the shirt say? The, the Cedar Key shirt. Live purple, love gold. And I looked at that and I went, LSU. Fa-. Oh, no, no, no. Cedar Key. Cedar Key. I said, Cedar Key. I said, hey, 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 hey. Miss Lady, hey, hey. She goes, yeah, hi. I said, you know Penny Bailey? She goes, well, of course I know Penny Bailey. And it was Ann McKinley's sister. Ann McKinley's member of this church. And she goes, it was Ann McKinley's sister. Oh, we love Penny. And she was going on and on and on. And we're just talking about how God is working and God is doing this and God is doing that. And I was thinking, you know, I'm like, well, there's Miss Penny Bailey working in Cedar Key. I imagine y'all probably think the world doesn't even know y'all exist, right? But we at Jonesville do. And you might think that you're not fulfilling a purpose. And she, here's what she said, Penny. She said, we love her. We love Penny. See, Robert? They love her. So Penny will be like, she'll be like, hey, Robert, you're going to take me to eat. I made the sermon today. You're buying it. <laughs> so when we grow god works his will and purpose in us and again sometimes you know it but sometimes you don't fully understand exactly what he's doing but he's always working let me give you a third thing here a growing christian is not a grumbling and arguing type of person they're not I've had people say, well, pastor, you just have to understand that's just the way they are. And I say, well, you just have to understand that that's not who they are anymore in Christ. 
Christ came to change that nastiness in them and in me. Grumbling and arguing person. Let me just say this, and whoever it applies to, I'm, don't take it personal from me. Take it as the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Not, not that I'm the Holy Spirit, but God takes his word and works in that amazing way. But let me just say this. If you're a, a grumbling and arguing person, I, wanna, I, I, I want to tell you this. Your coworkers, your friends, when they see you coming, they want to hide. And they don't want to be around you. Because they can't take the negativity. They can't take the, 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 the miserable attitude. They don't want to hear it. You know how I know that? Because they tell me as a pastor. Don't come ask me if they told me about you. I can't tell you that. And guess what? I wonder if sometimes people feel that way about me. Oh, here comes that depressed pastor. Sure, he's got a negative word for us today. I don't want to be that person. A growing Christian is not a grumbling person. It says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Do you know somebody that every time you try to talk to them, it's a, it's a fight? Or just an argument. They're going to argue about everything. And at a point in life, you're just like, I'm not, I'm not talking to them anymore. I don't need to go through all that. And here's why this is important. Let me give you number four, okay, because these, these go together. If you're not a grumbling and arguing person, then you will have a good testimony in the midst of a crooked world. You will have a good testimony. Look, at, look how these go together. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that, so that, here's the result, so that you may become blameless. That doesn't mean you're perfect. But people are going to be, man, I never hear a negative word out of them. See, I'm not there yet. Because ask my wife or ask Jen. They say, yeah, we hear negative words out of him. So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God, listen, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Then you will, you will have a reason to speak to them. Then somebody will hear what you and I want to say. But as long as we have a spirit of, uh, an argumentative spirit and a grumbling spirit, people don't want to be around that and they don't want to hear what we have to say. Why? So they can be like us? They don't want that. And so a growing Christian has a good testimony in the midst of a messed up, a warped and crooked world. That's important. <clears throat> I had to get right Friday night. So the last two Friday nights are the first time in forever that I watched a varsity football game, well, in 15 years from the stands. And I've got to modify my behavior. Because, see, you, don't, you may not see it, but on the sideline, there's, it, it, it's loud. And there's yelling. And it's not yelling because you're mad at somebody. It's yelling to be heard. You know, field goal team! And you're standing right there, and the kicker's right there. He goes, I heard you, Pastor. Well, get out there, you dummy, you know? And 
It's like we're, we're always yelling, and it's like, why did you do that? And when the ref does something, you I can't let them play. Keep the flag in your pocket, you zebra. Man, the other night, the other night I made a fool of myself. We scored a touchdown on a kickoff return. It was 14 to 7. They were up. Jolie, your Santa Fe Red Raiders were up 14 to 7. But we're fixing to level the playing field, even the score. They kick off to us. And Corey DeLima, uh, not Corey, um, um, Kobe, Kobe DeLima takes that ball, shot out of a cannon, and behind him, when he's ready to go score, one of our kids blocks another kid, but he blocks him, not in the back, but in the front, and I'm like, whoop, what a block, and all of a sudden, boom, the yellow laundry comes out on the field, and I'm like, oh. can't do that why are you doing that to our player why we didn't come to watch you you zebras we came to watch the boys who were wearing the uniforms and the helmet put the flag back in your pocket it's about what i said just like that and one lady who's attended our church one time said well i've been to your church before i've never seen you that passionate before and i wanted to say to her well you need to come more often but i didn't I said, you're right. I said, it's a legal hit. Why, why, why? We don't come to see you, but you're like, man, I just, that's a game-changing thing. We ended up losing 22-7 because it would would have been tied 14-14. to Y'all understand what I'm saying? So I know how these things work. So at halftime, I went find one of our coaches, and I said, listen, you need to give me an understanding. Take your Newberry hat off. Be honest. You were right there when it happened. It was a legal hit. He goes, well, if you're thinking blocking in the back, correct. He didn't block him in the back, but what it was was a crackback block, which is illegal. And it was the right call. I climb up the stands. I come back. I got to announce. Y'all, I found out what happened. I told them. I said, the referee was right, I was wrong. But by then, half, half the people around me who heard me act like a lunatic, they were gone. And I'm thinking, man, I got a bad testimony tonight. Wasn't a good testimony. And Penny the whole time's like, shut up. Shut up. And then I asked her in the third quarter, I said, I'm because this happened in the first half, I said, did I act like a fool? And here's what she did. She went. <laughs> I said, you can, you can talk to me. And she goes, yeah, you did. But it's okay. You see? I was a grumbling and argumentative person at that moment for something that really didn't matter. 
And so therefore, I didn't have the best testimony. And I had a person that came to our church one time tell me that I was more passionate about the referee than I was about church. <laughs> Got a little offended about that. But she was right on that one thing. So you magnify that over life. And if that becomes part of your everyday behavior, if it becomes part of my everyday behavior, then I lose the right to be a strong witness. You see what I'm saying? So let's not be grumbling kind of people and arguing kind of people. And it's hard when the scripture says, do everything. Everything. That means deer hunt with the sweet spirit. Fish with a sweet spirit. When somebody comes right in front of you because they saw you catching fish and they start catching fish and you're like, there's 400 billion acres and you've got to come right here of water and put right in front. Anyway, right, Blaze? He knows what I'm talking about. Do, all, do everything without grumbling and arguing. You have to have a good testimony. All right, let me give you this one last thing. Number five. A growing Christian believes and holds true to the word of God. Okay, listen. He says here in verse 16, um, uh, well, verse 15, he talks about, Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Firmly. Hold true to the word of God. You know what that means? Now, I'm, I'm holding firm. I'm holding this word. But this is not what he's talking about. He's talking about this, the truth, coming in here and then living by it and sticking with it no matter how times change. Because the timeless truths of the Word of God do not change with time. Methods may change. Societies change in a lot of ways. I'm grateful for a lot of the changes. I'm grateful for modern air conditioning. I, I, I am. I mean, I, I look. Kyle and, and his mom and dad gave me a little gift the other day, and it's just one. Of, I mean, I, I'm so giddy about it. I don't know. What to, I go sit in my truck and put it in reverse just so I can enjoy it. They gave me a backup camera. Now I don't. I, first, I was like, maybe I should be offended by this, because <laughs> maybe they saw my bumper and they saw all the dents all over my bumper and they figured, well, pastor needs one of these but they kindly gave me a backup camera. And so I go sit in my truck after I installed it. Really, it's installed. After I installed it, I do. So I'll sit in my truck to this day. I mean, this happened like two weeks ago. So I think every day I've gotten in my truck, put it in reverse, and look at the camera and go, I see you back there, squirrel. I see you. Well, I'll take that thing, and then I'll back up, and I'll get right. I mean, I've gotten it right every time. I come out, I walk, and I look. Boat is positioned just right, and I went, there you go. What problems do I have? And, <clears throat> and I don't remember what my point was with this stupid thing. <laughs> I've been stalling for the last 30 seconds trying to figure the point out. There was a Excellent point. I know it. 
I guess it's time to quit. So going back, going back, it'll come back to me. If I get back on Facebook, it's because I'll remember this after church. I'm putting it on Facebook. Um, <clears throat> but a growing Christian will take God's word, apply it to their life and to their heart, and live by it and never quit. It means something to us. Oh, I was talking about technology. I got it now. I love technology. It's awesome. But the truth of God's word doesn't change. It's timeless. And from generation to generation. And we need to hold true to these timeless truths. Look, as a pastor who sits with a lot of families and meets with people and I know the hospitals in this town. I used to know all three of them really good. Then they took down AG8. I know how to get around hospice pretty good because I'm there a lot. And I want to tell you this, that as I get older and as I grow as a Christian, I don't get cynical about the truth of God's Word. I actually believe it more. And I believe it as much as I can believe it. But it just rings even more true to me. Can I tell you this? There is a distinct difference between a Christian who dies and a non-Christian. When you're given the situation where the person is hanging on to life and, and you, you're there when they, when, they, when they pass from this life into the next. And I'm telling you, when it's a non-Christian, you can feel a demonic presence. You can feel no hope. You can feel just the worst of the worst. It doesn't get any worse than that. The family feels it. Uh, the person that's dying just, just it's, is in anguish. And then you look at the man or the woman who's a Christian, and you see how they, how they go into eternity. Robbie Morrison, when he left this life, he left a smile on his body. When I went in to see, it, to see his body yesterday morning, first to see his family and then to see him, they put his ball cap on his head. Hey, Robbie. And he had a smile on his face. How does that happen? It happens because there's something inside of him. And he's a Christian, and he's different. And I believe God's Word when it says to live as Christ and to die as gain. I believe God's Word when it says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor the mind conceived, can conceive, no human mind can conceive, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. And I'm going to hold fast to it. Life changes, things change but the Word of God will endure forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will endure forever. So a Christian holds true to God's Word. That's what a growing Christian looks like. I have a long way to go, but I see the standard, and I see what God wants from me. 
and for you. And we can be that, y'all. We can be that. My goal at the next football game is to be sweet to the referees. <laughs> they just better call everything the way I want it, and then I'll be nice to them. No. Because I want to grow. I don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. That's sinful. I'm a growing Christian. I hope you are too. Let's grow, y'all. Let's just keep growing. Keep believing. Holding strong to our confession and what God's done in our hearts. Let's stand together, everybody. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, you are amazing to us and uh, we are so grateful. Grateful for the promise of eternal life. Grateful for the promise that we will be with you forever. Grateful that no one can snatch us out of your hand. <coughs> grateful that we will never perish. And grateful that we're here to do your will and to have your purposes accomplished through us. And that I have a plan I mean, you have a plan for us, and we have a purpose for being here. And when you're finished with that for us, we go home to be with you to a place that humans can never fully comprehend. So by faith, we trust you. So I pray for us today that you would help us to be faithful. This altar will be open to you to pray. I'll be standing here. If you want to make some kind of decision or commitment, I'm, I'm glad that you're here, every one of you. And um, you obey God. You do what God says. God tells you, you just get to that altar and pray and seek me. You do it. If he says to stay right where you are, if he tells you to get on your knees, you do it if you can. If he tells you just to pray right where you are, you do whatever he says. We'll, we will fulfill his will and purpose for us today. Father, thank you for your word and your truth. And I pray in Christ's name, amen.